0: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the No Questions Asked podcast, and today is the very first episode of the Ask the Culture Special HBCU edition. I am so excited for the special. I'm so excited for you all to meet who I'm going to be having on every week. And this week, we are starting with somebody who is I absolutely love. Like this is my Instagram buddy. Me and her are always commenting on each other. She's always slaying. Everybody, give a warm welcome to Destiny. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming on. So just for
1: them to get to know you a little bit, tell us about yourself. So I am Destiny Coburn. I am a film and television major and a political science minor. Um, I was born in Fort Walton Beach, Florida, Okaloosa (laughs) County proud. And uh, I moved, I was a part of a military family. So I, I lived in a bunch of places like Japan, Buffalo, and then we bounced here to the DMV. And we've been here for for a minute. I'm an actress, a writer, um, and a filmmaker. Look at that.
0: Look at that. She just does everything. (laughs) This is why I love her. (laughs) All right. So to get started with the conversation, we're just going to jump right into it. You go to Howard University, one of the most prestigious HBCUs in the country. So what made you choose Howard?
1: Like why an HBCU? Oh my gosh. Um, I asked myself the same question, but um, what really pulled me to Howard was the sense of purpose that everyone had. Um, I think that was a a huge part of me choosing a college was I wanted to be certain in the fact that if I went, not only would I be getting the, the education that I wanted, but that I would be surrounded by go-getters and, and people who were constantly looking for connections and, and thinking about what happens after college. Um, not to ramble on, but there's this sort of conversation of, is, is college still important?
0: Right, in, yeah.
1: Um, in today's age. And it's a very great argument. Um, there's so many ways to make money and to pursue your goals that, you know, you don't want to go 200K into debt. You want to make it worth it. <laughs> right. So I'm Like, OK, right. if there's a place. Yeah. If, if there's a place like that, then I told myself, I said I wanted it to have um, a, a great program for me studying film and television. And I wanted it to um, to be pretty much built on connections. And Howard is is the hub for that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And like there's so many like great alumnus that come from there. Like the first one that comes to mind is Chadwick Boseman, Boseman, RIP. Yes. But um, correct me if I'm wrong, like wasn't, isn't there like a hall at your school that's named after him or something like that?
1: Yes. The, the college of fine arts is named yes. after Chadwick Bozeman.
0: Right. Um,
1: he was a, a huge um, figure in that department. You can go there now and ask a teacher who's been there for maybe a good 30, 40 years and go, hey, hey, did you know him? And they go, oh, yes, Chadwick. And and everyone has a Chatwick story. Um, he was like family. Wow. Yeah.
0: That's amazing.
1: Yeah. That's it is That it is, is so
0: cool. Like to have faculty that had that relationship with him. That just like that to me, that just makes like the school experience much better. Like, you know, to know that they've met people who have gone where you're trying to get to. Like, that's very encouraging.
1: It is. And it's it's wonderful to have that because on one hand it's encouraging. It's like, oh, well, Felicia Rashad went here, chat with mm-hmm. Boseman goes uh went here. Um, you have all these people. I was sitting on a bench one day and I, I was like, Why does that singing sound like Deborah Cox? It was Deborah Cox <laughs> just wow. singing and on, on campus with a bunch of other students. And so it's it's very encouraging to know that not only oh, like I'm gonna be famous too, but more of um, you know, this is where my my role models started, and it's encouraging to think, okay, maybe maybe I can I can go and be where they are now too, and to think that um, there are teachers there who taught them, who prioritize the student in the craft. You'll meet a lot of professors here who go, you know, the fame and fortune is great, but we do this to keep the integrity of this art or of this practice. And so there are a lot of people who come out of Howard who you've never heard of. I've never heard of. But they're, they're these great figureheads that that are um, powerhouses in the industries that they're in. And it's mm-hmm. the craft that they're in love with. And so Howard really encourages you to fall in love with the craft.
0: Yeah, that's that's really good. Wow. You make me learn a lot more about Howard. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so it's like, with, me. Uh, honestly, honestly, get your money's worth. But, um, <laughs> so with like all the, besides the great people that have like, you know, attended your school and everything, I mean, most of the time when you, I'm assuming when you say like you go to Howard, do you want me to get like that? Oh my God, really? You're like that wow reaction. Do you get that? Yeah, I, yeah. I do.
1: And it, it makes me feel like, especially around the DMV, it, it makes me feel like a little celebrity. Um, right. But it's, it's more because, you know, this, this campus means so much to to the dmv you know howard's history is essentially intertwined with dc's history and so Mm -hmm. it's it's encouraging to to be a part of that yeah yeah
0: could you speak more about like the reputation that like howard has built for itself within the dmv like i mean i know it's housed in dc but for those of you that don't know the dmv is dc maryland and virginia so how would you say like howard ties into all those three um areas I'd say,
1: you know, it, it probably goes back to the Great Migration when a lot of enslaved peoples and formerly enslaved peoples were looking for work and for a, a place to, to rebuild themselves. Mm-hmm. And a lot of um, those freedmen came to um, the DMV area and some of them were already in the area state. stayed. Um, in fact, one of the first hospitals designated towards formerly enslaved People and, and freed people was the Howard Hospital, um, then called the Freedmen's Hospital, and so you kind of saw this community um, beginning to to thrive. I mean, in the early twenties, you had the first um, graduates of, of Harvard and Yale sending their their kids here to Howard, wow. and those kids came here, and they you know they were looking to. To start a renaissance of some sort, a lot of mm-hmm. people who were figureheads in the Harlem Renaissance also came out of D.C. Like um, Duke Ellington, for instance, um, he uh, frequented the Howard Theater often. Um, you had people leading um, of programs talking about how can we can how we can be better activists and how we can bring light to say lynchings at the time. And we're talking about like the twenties, thirties. Right, so like right. those were still issues. And you you had people in essentially the um the at the time the few upper class African Americans being able to come here and and have those conversations, conversations mm. that weren't had before. So people hold Howard in high esteem for that reason. And um the DMV does as well and, and they essentially should.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. Like that, that's like honestly good knowledge to have. I mean, I know um, a lot, like Howard gets reputation because like, you know, like I said before, it's a very prestigious HBCU, but I mean, it's one of the first HBCUs
1: in the country. So like it, well, is it the
0: first, the first, like the actual first?
1: I don't think it's the first, but it is, it is definitely one of the first ones to make waves. Right. I wish I remembered which one was the first. It's definitely not Howard. It, it doesn't have the name that Howard No, not okay. It's not to brag, but um, yeah, it was definitely one of the first of its, of its kind and of its movement.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I feel yeah. like because um, it's housed in D.C., like I feel like you might have a lot of opportunities as far as like networking and job opportunities. So could you like speak a little bit more about that? Like what opportunities have you taken advantage of by going to a school in D.C.? Oh my goodness. Um,
1: let me think of my first, or one of my first opportunities. I'll say my most recent one. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a very esteemed journalist that goes by the name Nicole Hannah Jones, who is the creator of the 1619 Project under the New York Times. And she recently started teaching here at Howard. And um, she actually just won an Emmy. Um, wow! She's a, a Pulitzer surprise winner. Like she's, she's amazing. And, you know, not just the accolades that, that um, ring true to her name, but if you go and listen to her podcast or, or read her book, you'll find that um, it's, it's essential to, to at least refresh yourself with the, the legacy of slavery and how it's, how it has changed and affected us. Mm -hmm. um today and it 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 goes much deeper than that but anyway um she decided to graciously extend her legacy in um creating a podcast here at howard university under the 1619 project under Mm -hmm. it under it like yeah a part of it yeah um and i had the privilege of of narrating and writing one of those episodes wow Um, Yeah, it was. Oh my god, good for you! Oh my gosh, it was. Thank you. It was. It was very nerve wracking because (laughs) you're like, oh my gosh, what am I doing? Right. I'm an an actress and a writer, but it's like it's it's a little different having to to just narrate. There's a there's an art to everything, and Mm -hmm. as an artist, it's fun like dipping your feet in something that you know nothing about. But when it's under someone like Nicole Hannah Jones, you're like, oh my gosh, I can't. I can't mess this up. Right. And there's <laughs> um, a lot of moments like that. Um, so I'm I'm very grateful for being able to be a part of that. Yeah. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Like that, I feel like that's such a good addition to um, like your resume building and your portfolio, you know, having that absolutely. early experience, especially since you're a sophomore, like you're getting a good foot in the door already by just doing something like that. Like that's honestly incredible, incredible. Just thinking
1: about it. Wow. Good yeah, it's you. and and you know it's it's a lot of, of being in the right place at the right time. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have even taken that class had I not. I think I I dropped another class. It was like Zulu, and my Zulu wow. professor, it, uh, Dr. Phil uh, Colim and Yandu, is an amazing, amazing man. He runs the largest um, Zulu language uh, program in in the world, besides South Africa, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, I had to drop his class because of a time conflict. And I was like, oh my gosh, what am I gonna do to fill this slot? My teacher was like, mm, you could take an elective, I guess. And I, I was like, Yeah. And she's like, Yeah, you you may like this class ran by Nicole Hannah Jones. And I'm like, Are you kidding me? Give it to me. Like right now. What are we- <laughs> right. Like, right. So it's it's really about honestly, is is a sort of willingness here, um, and putting yourself out there, which as an introvert. It can be really hard to do to be like, oh, my gosh, you're not like, an I introvert. Know, Come on. Oh, my God. At heart. You're not like, anything. I'm, you I'm not, but I am. I, I'll say I'm not an introvert, but I, I can be very socially awkward. And okay, I get that. Things, Yeah. So if, if you feel like, oh, my gosh, I don't, I don't know how to put myself out there. Like, I want to be out there, but I don't know mm-hmm. how to do it. Or I don't feel like I'm as good as so and so it's it's not about that I mean and quickly it can be because you realize that um, a lot of people come here with a lot of things under their belt already mm-hmm. I remember I met one person and I was like oh you, you seem cool and it felt like everyone in the class just kind of gawked at them but I didn't know the it factor I was like what are, what is it about them right they seem, I don't get it do they you know what what is this this light that they have? And so I was out here trying to pick their brain and turns out they're just a regular on a um, very popular TV show. And they came to Howard only because their agent told them to. They didn't have to be here. And I was like, wait, you don't you don't have to be here. You're just kind of here for fun. And like, obviously, they're very talented. But it, mm-hmm. and it makes but it makes you think like, wow, like people are here for all these sort of reasons. Like one person can he- be here to sharpen their craft Another person is here because they have to be here. But some people really don't. right And um, that can be very intimidating. So mm-hmm. going back to being socially awkward and wanting to put yourself out there. Um, one of the things I realized that you can't do is compare yourself to others like mm-hmm. you can. And to a certain extent, you should. Because you're like, okay, iron sharpens iron. Where's the sharp iron in the room? Who do right. I need to be around to get right. a, to become a, a better at my own craft? But at the same time, um, you know, everyone's walk is not your walk. Mm-hmm. So when you see someone else hit a milestone and you're like, I would hit that milestone. Maybe it's not for you. Or maybe it's not your time. So put yourself out there forget about the what you're qualified for how good you do something or don't you know the worst that can happen is that someone says no mm-hmm. but what I've learned is that here at Howard is often um a no is just a later there's been a few auditions where I got a no but then someone was like hey I saw your tape could you be in my short film instead and so you realize okay well I didn't get the part that I wanted but I got Two, three more jobs out of it. So right. it's it's really about that.
0: Yeah. And um, like going off what you're you're talking about, um, I've heard that um there's kind of like a competitive nature on campus with how we're and like a good, like a good, healthy one because you know, like you said, everybody's gifted, everybody's here for different reasons. So um kind of going on with your campus culture, I'm gonna switch it a little bit. Let's talk about like your events and your sporting events and everything like that. What is life like
1: at Howard? Oh, my gosh, the sporting events. You know, I recently went to the the MLK game, the Morehouse versus Howard, which if you're going to attend any basketball game of the year, you you should attend that one Mm -hmm. because Morehouse, I'd say versus Hampton. Well, Hampton, uh, I don't care about Aren't Hampton. Aren't they, like, your rivals, though? Like, with the whole real HU type of thing? Yes. It's very... We're very big on that. And it's mainly um, Hampton and Morehouse. And so whenever they come to town, we we have to show out. Mm-hmm. We have to let them know. And every time we do. Well, this last season between Hampton and, and Howard wasn't too great. They won by one point in our football Ooh. game. And it was it was tough to watch. Um, I had, what was it? Um, I was, I was speaking at a conference, but so I missed the in-person game, but I was, I was on my phone the whole night, like mm-hmm. watching the score. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, I hope we win. I hope we win. And we had the lead. You lost it. Oh my gosh. It made me so mad. I was like, Oh, uh... we... <laughs> nice. <laughs> like people showed out. They made custom dresses. They had their own banners. It was a whole event. Wow. And um, yeah, but that's what I'm getting to is that you know it's we're a very competitive school. Um, mm-hmm. We love our accolades and we love our awards, um, and we make it an event. Each and every time, you know, you may not show up for the game itself, but you may show up because, you know, of the tailgate or the after party. And it's just a whole celebration each time there's a game. Um, I will say that um, I believe certain certain teams, I think, need more promotion than others Mm -hmm. because I think we're all good. We're all good, and so there's always something going on. It's like, oh, do, which one do I want to go to? Do I want to go see Taraji P. Henson have this conference, or I heard that Stephen Curry is going to be at our basketball game? So which one do I go to? Wow. And it sounds that's so privileged to say. Mm-hmm. Um, oh my god! But I know what you yeah. mean, though. Yeah, and so you, but the games itself are are phenomenal, um, Curry or not. It's it's high energy. Um, we're very vocal about what we want to see on the court and on the field. And it, <laughs> it makes it just that much more entertaining. Um, oh, it
0: sounds like such a great
1: atmosphere to be in. Ah! It is. And oh, often, you God. know, what's funny is that you see, you see alumni showing up all the time. And it's awesome to see, you know, like, you think that the majority of the people in the audience are students and sometimes it is, but a good third to half are always people who graduated Howard. And it's awesome to see people, you know, coming back to, to pay their respects and to, to honor what, what was, I always love being able to sit next to someone who's like 60 years old. And they're like, I remember I was on that field. Let me tell you, what happened under that goal? <laughs> I'm like, okay, you can you can tell me what happened underneath that goal. Right. But it um it truly is uniting, and especially it's uniting in also the sense that you realize that Howard does not only inspire Black people, mm-hmm. and yes, it's an HBCU, it's the HBCU. I dare to say, um, but you learn that you know, Howard's legacy affects more than African-American youth. It affects um, white people too and Hispanic people. You see all different types of faces here for all different sorts of reasons. And I believe that it's important for us to accept that Howard is not made to be a bubble. It's definitely a safe haven Mm -hmm. for Black kids. I cannot tell you how many people have come here and told me they're like, oh my gosh, I've never been called pretty before I moved here, wow. and I'm like, what do you mean you're, you're you're drop dead gorgeous? You look like Megan Good. Like who who's <laughs> been lying? To you? And then you learn that they came up in spaces that are so archaic and racist and close minded and ignorant, and it isn't until they come here that they learn the truth. Wow. And what's funny is that it it goes both ways. I I hope that you know, our, our white counterparts who have the privilege of attending Howard feel the same way and, you know, learn a broader perspective of what Black culture is um, and what it can look like. Because truly, the only thing I think, I don't want to say the only thing, but I learned quickly that coming here, that being Black is probably the, I don't want to say the only thing we have in common, but you really learn that Black culture is this huge. It's not even a blanket. It's like tents upon tens upon tens. You think you know what one person's culture is, and you learn that it's totally different, and what it can look like. Um, there's just there's so many genres of people to to meet here, and it's wow. it's awesome to to delve
0: into that. Wow, you speak so beautifully about your school. Like I can tell, you're just like comfortable with the environment that um your school has created for you. And I feel like you probably answered this question already about like what makes Howard elite. But like, if, is there anything else you want to like brag about or like share with people that they may not know about Howard? I think you said a lot, honestly, like a lot of good things. Because, <laughs> you know, just when I think of Howard, I always think of it as like, you know, it's, a, it's an HBCU. Everybody wants to go to Howard or an HBCU in general. But like the way you broke it down, it's like, There are so many stories and so many different perspectives of how you can look at an HBCU besides it just being a a bubble, like you said, for black students like, you know, it being something for white people to experience it being a place for like, you know, other people from different backgrounds can be a part of like, I'm, I'm literally just in shock and like, utter amazement by the way you just described your school. Oh, my God. Sorry, give me a minute. I mean, it was just like so beautifully <laughs> spoken. No problem, no problem. <laughs> oh my God. But yes, is there anything else like you want to, like what else makes Howard elite? Again, I think you said enough perfectly, but anything if else, I, I'm giving you the floor. <laughs> if
1: if I had to sum it up, it truly is the students and the professors who choose to stay here. Mm. Because as much as I brag on this school, it is not without fault by a long shot. Um, it's a very expensive school. It's a very elitist school. Um, you know, if you are not financially stable to sus- or like able to sustain yourself here, you're not going to find much support from admin. And, you know, I have no problem knocking for this because you know we keep knocking them and they keep getting up with the same issues Mm -hmm. and it can be very frustrating for that child who has heard all these wonderful things about Howard and who wants to find this sense of self here on campus and they're unable to do so because of the broken system or archaic system that is set up in place for them not to receive the financial support that they need Mm -hmm. um it's very frustrating. And so what makes it worth it is truly the people you meet and the people you keep. Mm. Because some, not everyone has your best interest. And mm. there's this thing that we, uh, that we say whenever, say we're trying to get registered for classes, but we have a hold on our account. And it's like, okay, so I need to pay off this bill so I can get this hold lifted, pay off the bill, hold still there. Oh my gosh. I make a call please lift this hole. They don't pick up and make another call and make another call. Um, then I have to go to the building and go to registrar and be like, Hey, can you lift this? And you're like, Oh, we don't deal with this. That's, that's an IT issue. That, that seems like a glitch. And then right. IT goes, this isn't a glitch. This is a registrar issue. So then you go back and all these things happen. And we, we call it the Howard runaround because mm. they make you just run around trying to fix your own issue. And um, you know, we, it it really promotes a, a sense of advocacy on your own behalf. Um, but I say all that to say that Howard is definitely not without fault. And it, it, for one, does not receive nearly as much funding as its PWI counterparts. Mm-hmm. Um, so is it a money hungry school? Yes. Do they have a lot of money? No. It is truly the uh, the reputation and the culture and its history that that keeps it in everyone's mouths because it is very expensive trying to run such a prestigious and, and wonderful school such as this. Mm-hmm. And we, we just don't receive the same support as PWIs do. So the priorities look a little different than um. Than a school that's totally supportive of their students endeavors regardless of their fin- financial situations um so it's what makes it worth it is truly connecting to people who are like-minded people who are not like-minded people who will teach you um to to prove your worth honestly mm-hmm. um Howard can be It can be very hard to stay in a room. You have a lot of access to a lot of rooms, but it is your skill, it's your confidence, and it is your willingness that will keep you inside those rooms. And um, it's definitely not a bed that is already made for you. And I appreciate it for that because it'll show you how to get there. But Mm -hmm it'll force you to grow into that. And thankfully you're surrounded by people who are in the same boat as you also growing into their callings and, and their interests. So I, I can't knock the school for that. Um, and I appreciate the environment that allows us to thrive in such a way that we can pursue our goals and recruit one another to pursue those same goals. Nice. Nice. I yeah. mean, and
0: and I totally get it. Like with the whole um like underfunding issue. I mean, I go to PWI, not a big name one, but like even here. I mean, it's expensive to attend here, but like there are so many. Oh my like, god! If I could speak about the issues of it with my school, I'll be here all day. But I'm not going to because this is not a time nor place to do so. But I totally, I totally get what you're you're going through, and like you know, making sure that they have the proper funding to, you know, support their students and everything. They do their best. They manage. But, I mean, I feel like it is an issue that every campus is going to have, regardless of its reputation, you know, good or bad. It's always something, an underlying issue with somebody's campus. But um, that concludes this part of the segment. We're going to go ahead and move on to the next segment of the show. All right, everybody it is now time for the didn't you know section well segment sorry not section y'all know what i mean anyway so today's did you know is not going to be provided by me but it's going to be provided by our guest who already shared a lot about howard but destiny is there like a quick unique little fact you want to share about your school something that nobody may have ever expected
1: about howard yes oh my gosh i feel like i already said it but it's truly one of my most favorite facts is that Duke Ellington did frequent the Howard Theater, along with a lot of um, other jazz legends and jazz bands. I'm I'm a huge fan of jazz, and so when mm-hmm. I heard Duke Ellington, the the pioneer in the in the Harlem Renaissance, came home and, and played here often, I, I melted. I love that. Um, if you haven't visited the Howard Theater, I would strongly suggest you do. It's a, a beautiful place full of beautiful, talented people. Oh, it's open to the public? Yes, it is. Bet, all right. I know where I'm Bed. going this summer. I know where I'm <laughs> going. I know where I'm going. I'm going
0: to write um, that down real quick. Yes, do come. so.
1: And you know, celebrities still come. I I was out of town this summer and Kiki Palmer came. Shut and, up. She did. Oh my Shut up, Kiki came the kiki palmer
0: oh my god I'm, I'm sorry i would have like screened my head off palmer.
1: i was Girl. so mad I was and I, I got back in town like two days after and i was oh, like are you no. kidding me miss palmer you couldn't wait two days right i love kiki palmer i love um, her
0: too her energy is just something else oh my god so infectious
1: you know i i wish i was her i'm just be totally honest jealous of her personality i i wish i could like copy and paste it and download it into my brain <laughs> she's so i love her
0: kiki palmer is amazing shout out to the queen shout out kiki
1: shout out to the queen
0: Hey right, guys it is now time for the final segment of our show the real quick can we talk about destiny is there anything you just feel like you want to just talk about anything i'll go where you go
1: i want to talk about the idea of black kids in particular finding themselves before they get to college oh like Yes.
0: Ooh, because take it,
1: take it away. Take it away. I think it's really good. I and I want to hear your thoughts on this too because you know I I went to a uh, a black uh private school in Clinton, Maryland and then I went to Duke Ellington School of the Arts, which is also a predominantly black school. Mm-hmm. Um also full of very talented amazing kids and you know the stories that I hear about going to PWIs in in middle school and high school, appal me. I'm like, so, because to me, I'm like, Howard just feels like a bigger Duke Ellington, low key. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm used to to being around black excellence. It's it's wonderful, right. but then you have these kids who are who are starstruck by it, and I'm like, people used to tell you you were ugly and and stupid. Like I'm I'm thinking I'm like. Like we didn't leave that in the 1950s. And so right. I want to know, like, what is it like maintaining your identity in spaces that discourage you from, from embracing your black heritage? Oh, oh, child. ooh, do, do you, I, can you, can you enlighten
0: me? I, it, I probably can't. I. I'm going to flip it, though, because I went to like, I went to a whole bunch of public schools, not a whole bunch, but all my public schools were predominantly black. This is the first predominantly white institution I've ever been in. So yeah. for me, it's it was honestly a huge transition. Like I went from DMV where it's like it's black culture. You see black people everywhere. Like everybody just buys one another to come in all the way up here to like South Central Pennsylvania. And you're like a dot in the middle of. Like you know, around around a whole bunch of white people. Not that it's a bad thing, because I have some really cool friends up here. I love my my professors; they have all been very helpful. But it was just like, I would say, like when I first got here, one thing that my mom, well, both my parents, they told me they were like, you know, be mindful of you know those around you because you. And it's not to like automatically stereotype white people, but you know, you want to make sure that you know you watch your back keep your ears yeah. open, keep your head on a swivel. So like for for a while, I was always like, you know, kind of on guard with white people. I wasn't sure what they're going to say about me, what they would have thought. Nine times out of 10, I was the only black kid in my classrooms so for my freshman year. So it was like very uncomfortable being that only person of color, but I've gotten used to it and it's kind of, kind of weird i know I've, i told my mom this is told somebody else this and they're like you just find it normal I'm like yeah because i mean i've been doing this for the past three years now and it's not really an issue for me i mean i still make sure that i represent not only myself but my background because it is important to me and i want to make sure that like you know regardless of what these white students were taught or what they might know by people it's not always going to be the same way but i will say this too and this honestly might be a hot topic I've actually been received more by my white peers than my black peers here on campus, which is crazy. Let's talk about it. Yeah. Cause I at first I thought, you know, since we're the minorities here, we would just all come together. But I feel like how do I say this without sounding so so rude? Um, I'm gonna choose say my words word wisely here. I'm I'm gonna choose my words wisely so nobody get okay. upset. But um <laughs> One thing I've come to learn is that um, when you have a different upbringing, like I am not from the hood, well, Waldorf is hood, but it's not like hood hood, but I'm not from the hood. Both my parents are at home. Both my parents have stable jobs. You know, I had a pretty, really good upbringing compared to those that didn't. So sometimes I feel like that's kind of a barrier for me where it's like we're not able to connect because it's like. I sometimes like I connect more with my white peers because we do have similar backgrounds compared to my black peers where we don't. So it's kind of been hard for me to like bond with other people of color here. I mean, there are some that I do. I'm like I'm comfortable with, you know, I talk to every once in a while. But I have honestly been more welcomed and received by my white peers than my peers of, of color. And there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, you know. You try to make friendships. I'm not one to force a friendship. It's there if it's there. If it's not. I'm gonna keep it moving, but it's just like it's it's a very unique place to be. Like you know, being a person of color in a predominantly white institution. I'm hoping I'm everything I'm saying is making sense. I'm not offending anybody or yeah. I'm not being judgmental or stereotypical. But like, that's just been my personal experience, honestly.
1: And you know, I. I've honestly heard that that same testimony here at Howard as well, um, and it's it's so interesting what what makes a difference in that sense. And I think mm-hmm. often it has to do with, like you said, socialization and um, exposure. Right. You know, some people are in spaces where them being the minority means that the majority is sheltered and and simply just uneducated. And you know, I don't I don't think anyone really, any black person truly gets to escape the, okay, I I kind of have to educate them a little bit. Right, right, right. But it's it's definitely more prevalent in some spaces than others. And um I think that's a that's a good thing that we're acknowledging now is that um you know I don't want to say you know like we we starting to say okay white boy a little bit right more, yeah you know what I'm yeah <laughs> right right uh, like I just, like one of my closest
0: roommates she's actually we were talking about this the other day she was um she's telling me a story about how she went out with um one of our friends and her sister and her, her, the, her friend's sister was like you know I'm not going to say her name just for for, like for for different reasons. But she was like, you know, there are some people who are white and there's people who just happen to be white. And you're that person who just happens to be white because she's just like, like my roommate, she's very, she's honestly very cultured. She likes to say, I'm not the, I'm not a white person. I only has salt and pepper in my cabinet. Like I have other seasonings in there, but like, she just has that vibe where she's like, you know what? I'm gonna hand you an honorary black card because you deserve it. I understand. <laughs> Me and you are cool. You're invited to the cookout. So like times like that, it just makes you, it honestly adds a little something. It's not like. You know, it's not the full Black culture vibe experience, but It's just like, you know what? There's another cultured person here. If that's as close as I can get to it, I'm going to take it. I'm going to be happy with that.
1: <laughs> that is so interesting to me, the being white versus happening to be white. Right. It, I may use that.
0: <laughs> when, you, when you sit down and think about it, it's just like, yeah, it's a thing. It's a real it thing. A... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But this yeah. is like that was. I mean, do you have anything else with this topic? I feel like we can
1: continue. Oh if you don't gosh. want to continue, you're. I'm perfectly fine stopping like here. Word. Like, I I want to respect your time. I'm ready to stop whenever you are. But I'm I'm a yapper. I can I can yap all day. No, you're um, perfectly fine. You're good. <laughs> no, but, but I, like,
0: sorry. Go ahead. Go yeah. Ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. You're good. Take the floor. I'm gonna shut up. I'm gonna shut up. Go ahead. I'm trying to. I'm like, well, what was I gonna say?
1: So you you can say what you're gonna say as I as I try and catch that that train of thought.
0: Oh, I was gonna wrap up, but if you're not ready to wrap up yet, you let me know. I'm cool. Oh no, that's totally fine. All right. Well, you are here <laughs> first. Thank you, guys. Well, first of all, thank you destiny truly for kicking this off this has been such a great conversation i hope you all were taking notes i know you don't want to take notes for my podcast but i hope you wrote (laughs) stuff down if you're a college if if you're a high school looking to attend a college talk to this young lady right here okay please i will gladly send you her instagram well if you want me to i will send you that okay (laughs) she said it's fine if you want her contact information let me know i will send you to her but truly destiny thank you so much so much for doing this. Thank you so much for coming on, enlightening us with Howard's history and this very unique, real quick can we talk conversation? Like, I'm so glad
1: somebody finally understands what I'm going through. Like it, uh, thank you thank
0: you thank
1: you for this platform this was a wonderful wonderful hour that i had with you thank you yeah
0: absolutely so guys as usual you guys know the drill if you like the podcast and you want to know what's coming up next for you, you can follow me on instagram at no questions asked pod you can also email me at no questions asked at g oh sorry no questions asked pod at gmail.com you see what happens when i can't speak anyway y'all know the drill Please share, like, Destiny. I'm going to give you your time back, but thank you so much for coming on. I truly love you
1: and appreciate you for doing this. Thank you so much for having me. Have a great evening. You too. Bye. Bye.